like a guava, like a papaya as well. I'm not 100% sure what a papaya is, but I like it. I'm going to sound really wanky and say it tastes even better if you have it in the Caribbean because it's nice and fresh. Oh, fuck, that really does. Just what we need to learn is um, just because we say this is going to sound really wanky doesn't detract from how wanky it is. It's not a free pass, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> you guys are making a podcast. for this welcome to the podcast nobody asked for with me ian harris and me graham jones and this week we're doing an episode uh, requested by a review because we end every episode asking for them and it would be a massive dick move if we didn't actually follow through with it yeah we we if nothing we follow through on the ridiculous things that we claim most of the time <laughs> so this week's episode is brought to you by Apple reviewer Vision in Blue, and we are going to be talking about magical objects we would want to own. I'm just just before we go ahead quickly, just to put my mind at ease, Vision in Blue. We don't think this is a, as an Avatar reference, right? I just I, I I don't know if I could do this if this this is some kind of Navi superfan. So I don't think so. Okay. I'm going to assume that either they are like the third vision triplet, <laughs> right? Or they they just look good in blue. V- vision, the third vision triplet in blue would just be Doctor Manhattan, surely. Yeah, true. Or may- maybe, <laughs> maybe they just see in blue. Maybe, maybe everything is tinted slightly blue, so everything seems like a somber indie movie. What, like um, is it submarine? Yeah, yeah, kind of like submarine. Okay. Well, as long look, as long as as long as we're not, you know, as long as it's not Avatar related. Well, I, I, with the assumption this is not Avatar related, we can proceed. Th- yeah, and uh, th- <laughs> thanks, thanks for the review, Vision in Blue. We really appreciate it. I liked, I like that. Thanks for the review, Revision in Blue. Vision in Blue. Revision in Blue. They're they're amused by our passion and debate, and I have a lot of time for that. It's you know, I, my ego occasionally needs stoking. <laughs> oh, mine needs stroking daily. So does my ego. Hey! Hey! Masturbation humour. <laughs> so, this is, a, this is a fun one, because most of the time when we do episodes, there is an obvious tangent for us to kind of pursue in our, our long, rambling introduction sections. With magical objects, I'm not sure, because all of those discussions are generally discussions we're going to be having in the episode. So, mm. um, favourite magician? Favorite magician. Favorite magician. Um, I was quite partial to a bit of Chris Angel and his like over the top uh. lunacy. Obviously, I mean, there's the whole David Blaine thing, right? Like, is David Blaine a magician or is he just a early, really patient man? Early day street magic, David Blaine. Very, very good. Like when he did the whole like throwing cards at a window kind of bollocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. But then standing on a Standing on a ledge, standing in an ice cube, sitting in a box, David Blaine. <laughs> L- yeah, living in a box, which is probably slightly bigger than a lot of uh, flat space in London as well. Yeah, wasn't wasn't quite uh, being buried alive. I mean, The Undertaker does that, and we don't call him a magician. No, he's the dead man, Ian. He's the dead man. He's not the magic man. Also, you know, just... just, just I like that we've covered off our obligatory wrestling reference <laughs> yeah. early this week. <laughs> <laughs> Obligatory re- wrestling reference, which if we were questioned on, we wouldn't really have much to follow up with. 
No, although I did see a great, there was obviously, I think it was, was it last, uh, where are we? Sunday just gone was Father's Day and there's a great Twitter account, 90s WWE, and yeah. they posted a snippet from like a, um, I guess, I don't know what you call it. It's like the personal ads in a newspaper, but where you like put messages, like happy birthday messages and stuff back in the 90s. Obviously, it's not a thing anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a Father's Day message to Paul Bearer. <laughs> <laughs> and it was said something like from your loving sons Undy and Kane. Fuck now. Paul Bear, I think I've covered this before. I only got that joke literally like a year ago. Yeah, I remember you saying well it was the whole what was the other one that everyone had the revelation about? Oh Sean the Sheep. Sean the Sheep, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, because you said it in such a fucking con- <laughs> condescending tone as well. <laughs> uh everybody knows Sean the Sheep is a pun, and then when I mentioned it to people, they went insane. Yeah. Ah, uh, we have our fun. I was a big uh and by big, I think it was just because I was small and it was the first magician video I saw. We watched a lot of David Copperfield. Oh, yeah. He did one yeah, where I've I seen... think he, he, he got cut in half while, I think, Kiss from a Rose was playing. Some kind of 90s pop, anyway. It was a big, like, saw. It looked like um something out of Robot Wars. Yes, I know exactly what you yeah. mean. I know exactly what you I don't know if it was, if it was Kiss from a Rose. Um... Fuck it, we have the internet. Yeah. I'll let um, Future Ian sleep on this one. David Copperfield. Cut in half. Song. 90s. I like to think that if it was Kiss from Rose, it was Seal that was operating the uh, the saw as well. Yeah. <laughs> the video is just called Death Saw. So not only does it look like a robot from Robot Wars. It's named after one. And someone from the audience shouts, like, move your feet. And he does. Oh, but you think they're a stooge. You know what? It wasn't Kiss from a Rose in that one. But he did. There is something he does to a song that whenever I now hear that song, I just think of David Copperfield. Which is uh, lame. He also moved the um, Statue of Liberty. He didn't. He didn't, though, did he? Uh, Well, he did because it wasn't there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god they're, they're the whole so I could go one further the video was called David Copperfield Illusion and I think it's all on uh, that video website YouTube <laughs> you're doing it like the BBC there you couldn't mention the brand name <laughs> yeah it's, you can get it all on this popular streaming website on the internet oh this is gonna like really fucking fuck me off now it doesn't matter oh wait hang on nope alright I give up okay do you know, one of the other ones that I actually really enjoyed as well was back, I think it was like, hmm, I want to say early 2000s, maybe late 90s, there was the um, the Masked Magician show. Oh God, yeah, he was great. Who was like, the, like obviously breaking the magician's code and showing how all of the tricks work. And he just kind of looked like uh, a luchador. Yeah. Yeah, apparently his name was Val Valentino. Oh yeah, because he he dramatically revealed himself, and I felt uh, I remember watching that. It's like, oh, I wonder who he is, and then he reveals himself, and obviously it's a proper like, well, I don't know who that is. Moment. <laughs> but it, it, that's kind of the thing, right? You if if you were anyone of note, you wouldn't be doing it because it would ruin your career. Yes, that is that is true. I was never, you, yeah, I was never, into, I, I, I am still Googling what that's I was going to say, I'm you're gonna, still searching for... I've stopped, I've stopped. <laughs> I will, I will get back to you guys at another time. Actually, no, this is the time. Uh, Future Ian, what is that song I'm thinking from, or thinking of, and what trick was it from? 
because I'm assuming you haven't slept until you've figured out what it is. Hey guys, future Ian here. So I sent this voice memo to Graham while walking home from the gym. It's fucking crazy by Seal. Not Kiss from a Rose, it's crazy. Also, I just turned the corner when I swore and there was a kid. That's a bit weird. I can't explain how overexcited I am right now. So it's a clip from David Copperfield, 15 Years of Magic, and it's played over an assortment of things of him uh, escaping boxes and at one point being stuck into a weird black pyramid, which kind of seems like it would be from a late 80s game show. So, yeah. But we're never gonna survive unless you're a little crazy. Thanks, Future And also, thank you for the text that came through at 3 a.m. <laughs> that is going to happen. <laughs> uh, but yeah, magic's, magic's great, as are magical objects. So we did we did kind of have it thrown out over movie and TV, but I think we've just picked movies. Yes, yeah, I only have movies, yeah. And the only rules, really, were it's got to be a magical object. Yep, simple. Easy. And also, before people start writing angry things in, we made the executive podcast decision that the Infinity Gauntlet is not magic. Yeah, it's some kind of sciencey bullshit as per Thor 2, right? Yeah, sci- sciencey bullshit, but they're also not, they're just like, they're things that exist from like the birth of the universe. So it's just leveraging resources. I mean, aren't we all in? We're aren't all just we all... stardust at the end of the day. Dude, man, like it's so fucking trippy. <laughs> My favourite constellation. It's humankind. <laughs> uh, on that note, yes, your, uh, I, I believe this week, Graham. This week, this week, the movie recommendation nobody asked for is yours. I said that like the recommendation's your film. It is my film. Yeah, my short movie. It's called Bowie's Adventure. No, it is on the subject of magic. We are going with Disney's Onward. Oh, interesting. So Onward is. I think it came out mid-pandemic. Actually, this time. Oh, I, I, I think it uh, it got pushed to Disney Plus really early, right? Yeah, because, it wasn't uh, one of the yeah, but it wasn't one of the twenty pound ones. Yeah. It was it just went straight on there, and I, I yeah, I distinctly remember watching it like when I hadn't seen anyone for a long time. <laughs> um, so I'm fairly sure it was it was either that or just a period of time when no one wanted to see me. But I'm pretty sure it was a pandemic on. But it's so it's set in a universe where magic has become obsolete because technology has taken over. So there's these two brothers, one of which is called Ian. That's my name. It is your name. And they basically uh, like rekindle magic in this world where it's kind of died out because their mum gives them their dad's old staff because um, their dad died because obviously he did because it's a Disney movie. And they kind of go on a quest to try and bring him back. It's it's actually quite a sort of like touching and beautiful movie that looks at things like family, grief, but then also is a bit of a commentary on like the proliferation of technology in the world and how we're starting to lose some of the magic from it we're all but stardust yeah. bro we are all stardust Ian. stardust you know what film and... w- w- was shit to, to be fair but had a very that that's a list i want to do one day is shit films that are in really interesting worlds okay so did you watch bright uh, of course you didn't it's will smith isn't it 
Oh yeah, no, I didn't. But yeah, yeah that was one of the early Netflix originals, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I, or I think I, I think it might have been the most expensive at the time. Yeah, and it's like fairy tale characters in like. Like gritty mod- situations, but also had Will Smith in it, so yeah, I didn't watch it. Yeah, mod- modern day fantasy stuff. Yeah. So there's like a centaur policeman and shit like that. But that that was... The the world they built was really fun and really cool, but the story they decided to tell was shit. <laughs> but Joel Edgerton's in it. And Joel Edgerton's great. Yeah, I'll take your word for it. Yeah. If, if magic isn't your thing... Yeah. If you don't want to watch something uh, that's explicitly magical, um, mm. can you recommend anything else? Yeah, if it's not explicit magic you're going after, but perhaps maybe the magic that can be found within a welcoming community, I would go with Ari Aster's Midsummer, um, a film that is completely devoid of magic, but completely full of harrowing, harrowing events that really stick with you in a somewhat magical way. So yeah, go watch Midsummer. And yes, yes, we're still recommending it, even though we did the special last week. <laughs> Explicit magic sounds like a rapper. <laughs> yeah, but it would be like three X's. Yeah, like featuring explicit magic. Yeah. Which, uh, to be fair, so does Onward. Yeah. Yeah, yeah very true. Uh, and anyway, Ian. Yeah. Uh, which one Which one is Ian? Tom, am I Tom Holland or Chris Pratt? You're Tom Holland, which is oh. good, because you don't ever want to be yeah. Chris Pratt. If the option's Tom Holland or Chris Pratt, you want to be Tom Holland. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If if I had to have anybody voice me out of those two specifically, it'd probably be Tom Holland. How would that work? How would how would you be voice like I get how you voice a I mean let, 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 let's be fair, Graham. It's never gonna be an opportunity that arises, really. I don't well, just... I don't think I'm ever gonna be in the situation where it's gonna be Oh, by the way, Ian, we've got to we've got to redub your voice, but we've only got access to Tom Holland or Chris Pratt. Which one would you want? Okay, so you're thinking of it in the context of a movie. I'm thinking day to day. Tom Holland is voicing you. Oh yeah, he follows me around. <laughs> Just We're in like a. And how do you do the? Is it like a Nina Conti thing where he has puts the mask on you and like does the ventriloquism? Oh no no no! Well, it's um, call me uh, call me Justin Timberlake because we're in sync. <laughs> Are you? I think um, more, you're, you're more Joey Fatone. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um. It's uh, it's fun. Uh, I I don't know a lot about NSYNC, but from the tone of what you just said, I understand that to be an insult. <laughs> anyway, I mean, anyway, oh, oh, let, let's oh, talk about fucking magical objects. Yes, well, not fucking magical objects because that's a weird fetish. Uh, well, that's my third choice. <laughs> a magical flashlight. <laughs> uh, anyway, speaking of magical knobs, my first choice is the bed knob. From, can, can you guess? Oh, where could the bed knob come from? Film also uh, predominantly features uh, broomsticks. Oh, it's coming to me. It's coming. Is it Wizard of Oz? So it's not Wizard of Oz. I am, of course, talking about 1971's Bed Knobs and Broomsticks. So Bed Knobs and Broomsticks, I think, is one of like the great underappreciated Disney films to the point where I think people who've watched it don't realise it's underappreciated. It's great. I watched it so much as a kid. I loved it. So I, I think I think I watched it for the first time when I was down in Devon visiting family there. I don't know if that's true or it's just because the film is kind of set in that direction. But it always makes me think of uh, family uh, down there. But it's an interesting Disney film. 
old bedknobs and broomsticks is because it quite heavily features nazis yeah I, I can't think a lot of a lot of disney films cover difficult terrain but never quite the third reich are you now googling i'm nazis sure there's a disney yeah um it's also one of the very few pictures i mean there's obviously there's obviously the uh the Walt disney aside from the propaganda <laughs> aside from the propaganda which the least said about the better but yeah i didn't i didn't research this part heavily enough but i think i can quite confidently say it is the only film to show bruce forsyth trying to stab a child <laughs> i have absolutely uh, so indiana jones is the only one I'm thinking of because it's technically a disney property lucasfilm oh it was disney disney now disney didn't oversee the nazis until quite recently well Har- harrison ford just fucked his shoulder doing the new one uh, he keeps getting injured didn't he get injured when they were doing um one of I, the new I, Star Wars prequels. Yeah, Force Awakens. Sequels. Yeah. Yeah. Also also known as the one he was in. The one he was the one that wasn't yeah. as shit as the other ones. Fucked his foot. I think a door fell on it or something. Yeah. Sorry. Back to um whatever you were saying beforehand. <laughs> uh Bruce Forsyth <laughs> stabbing children. Yes, I have absolutely no recollection of that. So remember they go to I want to be careful saying this because I don't want to burst into song, but they go to the market on that road in West London. You mean Portobello Road. Yeah, the place where the riches of ages are stowed. <laughs> Anything and everything a chap could unload is sold off the barrow at Portobello Road. Yeah, they've got the bookkeeper there, the old guy. His henchman is Bruce Forsyth. Okay. But it's such a young Bruce Forsyth that it's difficult to make the connection because people, anyone who was born in the last, what, 60 years only knows Bruce Forsyth as an old man. <laughs> like, he was... He was there at the beginning of... He forged the Infinity Stones at the beginning of time. I think old Brucey did. Anyway, he tries to stab a, a child. Hell of a hell of a chin, hasn't he? Oh, God, yeah. Did he try to stab the child with his chin? Uh, no, with a, with a switchblade. Ah. <laughs> Which, uh, he first of all threatened the kids, and then he tried to attack them. So the, the, the bed knob in Bed Knobs and Broomsticks is... Well, it's a, it's a knob from a bed. But Miss Price, played by Angela Lansbury, another person I've got a lot of time for, but who has always been old. Yeah. Also, do you know who else is a knob from a bed? Charlie's grandpa and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, fuck because that guy. He just gets up straight. He, it, no reason for him to have been in bed as long as he was. At the, at the very least, compulsive liar. Yeah. Yeah. At the worst, benefit fraud. Whole family's in on it. But like, it's, it's done really cute. But if I, if you were the mum who was struggling to feed all of these people, and then he's fucking gallivanting off to a chocolate factory at the earliest opportunity, I would be furious. Yeah. If anything, she deserves to go. Anyway, Angela anyway, Lansbury. Sorry. Angela Lansbury. So well, I agree, has always been old. But has also always been amazing. Yeah. So she is a she is a witch. She's learning this from a correspondence school through letters that are coming from Dr. Amelius Brown who is basically uh, basically a snake oil salesman who doesn't real- realise these magic tricks are real and the book he's got is an actual magical book. So because it's in the war, Miss Price gets these evacuees that she has to look after. They realise she's a witch, so she bribes them with a travelling spell. So she bewitches the knob. <laughs> <laughs> they bewitch the knob. And it's then able to basically 
travel the bed and anyone who's on the bed. So the way you do it is you speak in a clear voice where you want to go, and you tap it three times and you turn it a quarter to the left, and the bed will then kind of do its whole like Doctor Who thing and travel through just space, not time, to, to where you want it to go. But mm-hmm. it's 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 weird. It's it's because I, I know Nazis it's not just Nazis feature in Bed Dobbs and Broomsticks. They're the driving force behind the film. Because Miss Price is signed is becoming a witch so she can help defeat the Nazis. So she then uses the bed to get this uh so substitutory uh substitutionary locomotion spell, which is another hugely underrated Disney song that I will very regularly sing while drunk. But yeah, she wants this to help defeat the Nazis. Yeah, it's fucking nuts, isn't it? Really, it's so when you think weird. about it. <laughs> but it's also incredible. Like I remember, we were in a we were in a pub beer garden. Me and a friend of mine were trying to remember the magic words from Bed Dobbs and Broomsticks, and we couldn't quite remember. And then other people on the table we were sat in got involved, and then the p- people on the table next to us got involved, and it ended up with half. The pub beer garden, just kind of going. No, no, no. So it's it's definitely like Tracuna McCoydes, D, and it took a good a good while of a lot of drunk people in a pub listening to rock music to come up with Disney magic words. Obviously, it's Tracuna McCoydes, Tracorum Satis D, but I think because Tracuna and Tracorum were quite close, people assumed it was wrong. Yeah, you have to you have to conjugate the, the verb, right? Did, did you end up bewitching any knobs when you um? That's uh, the end of it. So no, no knobs were bewitched that evening. Um, I do believe we just drunkenly talked about bed knobs and broomsticks all evening, which doesn't narrow down the nights out I've had. So the reason, the reason I want this knob, is <laughs> traveling is great. Why wouldn't you want it? So not only is traveling great, seeing new places is amazing. But what is terrible is paying for flights. The fact it can take you a very, very long time to get to places. And this just this just opens up the world. And I mean, we've all we've all traveled in planes and things like that. This means you can travel in your bed almost instantaneously. Aren't you also like exclusively traveling to new 2D worlds? Uh, So they travel to a a new 2D world uh, once. They travel to the island of Naboomboom, where they sing the beautiful Briny, which is also another massively underrated Disney song. You, so they, they do travel there, yeah. where they have a football match against animals to steal the meda- the star of Azeroth. Azer- Azeroth is definitely World of Warcraft. I spent far too long playing that game <laughs> when I was meant to be doing my A-levels. So the star of Astaroth, which is has inscribed on it, Tracuna, Tr- McCoydes, Tracorum, so to It's a substitutionary locomotion. But yeah, I love traveling. This opens the world up just yep. from the comfort of a fancy bed that has bed knobs. And this also brings me to uh, what I would like to call uh, my inception section. So this is a top three list within a top three list. So time operates slightly differently here. And is it, what is it? Half speed? Is it? It's at half speed. Yeah. So I, okay. I, I won't do anything fancy with editing because I'm the only one who appreciates that. So <laughs> if I had a traveling spell, and I get to, so that the, the bed knob is only, it can only be used by the youngest of the kids. 
from bed knobs and broomsticks so i need miss price to kind of make me one make you a young chick kid yeah make me a young kid no make <laughs> make me a bed knob oh okay that makes so, much more sense so after she has bewitched the knob i would use that to obviously go traveling once the, the pandemic is fucked off for me the top three places i would want to go to so coming in at number three iceland yeah there's no fancy shit to that uh, Hot tub, northern lights, and a beer. You could go to Iceland now. It's all the green. Well, I could, I could go to all of these places now, but I couldn't go in bed very quickly without spending money. I'd also be able to bring like my own beer with me. True. I've had there's some very nice. I forget the name of it, but there's a very nice Icelandic beer that you can buy. Gonna sound wonky at Waitrose, but it's made with like Icelandic spring water, and it, for some reason, it's really, really like. Does it start with like Erd something? Yeah, something like, like I that. Think, yeah, I, I know the one you mean, and it is really fucking nice. Number two, a place which, uh, if you're going to be a prick about it, I can't go to, is Bora Bora in French Polynesia. If if you if you close your eyes and picture a tropical island paradise, you're generally thinking of Bora Bora. It's white sands, volcanic peaks. I was close to doing Nassau just so I could talk about black sails for a bit, but I'm not. I'm going to go for Bora Bora. But you you still did. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm fucking amazing. The the problem with Bora Bora... So good they named it twice. Yeah, it's, it, but it's quite remote. So, like, the flight there is going to take a lot of time. It's very expensive to get there as well. I can go instantaneously on a fucking bed. Yep. Wouldn't necessarily need, you know, accommodation, necessarily. I'm assuming the weather's going to be nice. I'll just camp out on a bed. It'd be brilliant. Yeah. And then number one is uh, the FNB Stadium in Johannesburg, which is where the Lion, uh, British Lions tests two and three are happening this year. So bed there, maybe straight into kind of like a box in a suite. I'll be a bit of a talking point, watch the game, hopefully see us go 2-0 two, two up, 3-0 up. It'll be great. And obviously, there's lions in Red Knobs and Broomsticks, so it all, it all just ties, ties together. And these are also anthropomorphized lions. Yeah. Not cartoon, but we'll see. But I just think, you know, it'll be, it'll be fun being at a lion's test. Uh, we don't have time to go through uh, my feelings on that, really, do we? But Ty Byrne should start at six. Why wouldn't Why didn't he start at the same time as the rest of the people starting the game? Because hey, you know it's a positional thing, but you pretended it was a tie. You're a funny man, Graham. It is the, That's it is why the, we do this. It is the Nolan section. True, so very true. Why me bullshit? Yeah. Well, before before we get kicked back up to the the real top three, yeah. um, don't want to alienate listeners, but you know where I wouldn't want to go. Where's that? Las Vegas and Dubai. <laughs> I, d- I don't... I, I, I understand that people love them, but I just don't get it. I had a lot of fun in Las Vegas, and I'm going... Well, I was meant to be going to Las Vegas the, like, the day before the pandemic hit, and uh, we, we noped out because we figured it wasn't the best place to spend That's fair. Uh, the pandemic. Um, but I agree on the, the Dubai things never really appealed to me. Because it's also... It's the, the, the thing I have with Dubai is... Nobody who talks about it had, like, nobody talks about it like it's a good time. They talk about it like it is the single best place on the planet. Oh, people who love Dubai are, like, people who like Oasis. Like, no one just likes Oasis. Everyone fucking loves Oasis. Yeah, yeah. or they don't get it. Yeah, yeah. I always preferred Blur. (laughs) Anyway, kick back up into the top bit. So, uh, yeah, first choice, fucking bed knob. I'm going travelling in my bed. Question, does your bed have bed knobs? Uh, It does, actually. Does it? Yeah, it's great. When, when we got it, I told my partner <laughs> very aggressively that, look, it's like bed knobs and broomsticks, and she could not have cared less. 
Right, so uh, onwards from knobs then. Uh, what's uh, do you remember the knob shop in Reddick? Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there was a there was a shop in in Reading, not that far from the university, which sold doorknobs and handles. Called the knob shop. Fucking amazing. I mean, it was clearly a clearly a marketing ploy that I think definitely works. The oh, amount of people who have taken worked. photos of it and shared it, like <laughs> knob shop. Knobs. Uh, very, very reasonably priced, if, uh, if I remember correctly. I mean, there's nothing worse than an expensive knob, is there? Nah. We found that out when we signed Andre Gray. <laughs> it's a football joke, yeah. <laughs> football. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, your first choice, then, my friend. What is what is what? What's next on our magical object inventory? Similar to your Christopher Nola section, I'm going to fuck about with time a bit. We're off to the Harry Potter universe, which I guess is technically our universe because it's all set in this universe, witches and wizards and whatnot. But um, and there's there's a lot of I mean, <laughs> stating the obvious here, there's a lot of magical items in Harry Potter. <laughs> no, yeah, and there were quite a few I could have chosen from, but I think for for day to day practicality, I'm going to go with the sorting hat. The the sorting hat, yeah, because I just want to know where all of my friends should be, and not not in not houses, just where they should be. How, where should we put them? Oh, if you want to know where they where they are, you're probably actually looking for the Marauders map. <laughs> that, only, that only works in Hogwarts, mate. Ah oh, shit. Yeah, which was something, and also doesn't like the like find my friends basically does that so I mean, to be fair a, a lot of a, a lot of modern day things i think overtook the wizarding world a while ago yeah but which is problematic um hufflepuff by the way you, you didn't ask but fuck you oh i'm sorry fun fact i found that out in bratislava that's that's really quite that's really quite depressing no one wants to be in hufflepuff yeah now Pot- pottermore pottermore um came out with the app while we were in uh while we were interrailing, so I was in a bar in Bratislava, popped up on my phone, came up with Hufflepuff. I was like, "All right, I can live with that." And then it had like you—you you could pick your Patronus. Yeah, what were you? Um, like, also, not rat not not pick. You had um, it kind of came to you. Basically. Yeah, you had like your questionnaire thing. Uh, I was a ragdoll cat, and in the middle of Bratislava, I shouted, "Oh fuck this!" Which yeah, was you basically which was fun. You... You got the worst. I mean, I'm assuming you carried on heavily drinking after that point. After the ragdoll, um, Hufflepuff. Apparently, uh, Mr. Dwayne the Rock Johnson is Hufflepuff, so we're good. We're just nice people, bro. We were the only ones at the final showdown because we had to be without a sense of obligation. We just do what's right for our friends. Anyway, what's your actual choice? (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm just sad for you. So my actual choice is the um, Time Turner from The Prisoner of Azkaban. So there, there are actually a lot of time turners in the um, the Harry Potter universe, and it's quite a focal point in the the play Cursed Child. But we'll just Sorry, I just I just really want you to say another play. It's it's uh, quite a talking point in the play Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> I like that we both <laughs> just having to think of plays. It's a yeah. Hugo Shakespeare. Hugo Shakespeare. Uh, death, death of a sales. It's deaths of a salesman. Deaths of a salesman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's like death of a salesman meets meets Groundhog Day. Yeah, would you go for deaths of a salesman or death of salesman? Deaths of a salesman, I think, because yeah. it's going to happen to. Also, terrible play. I hated doing that in English. Crucible, on the other hand, absolute banger. I saw uh, Richard Armitage in the Crucible at the Old Vic, which is one of the wankiest things I've ever said. Oh, so I saw 
both Sir Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart do Waiting for Godot at the Haymarket Theatre, which was amazing. I saw them do No Man's Land, which was the follow-up they did together. Yeah. I also did the... Uh, did the I went to the Ian McKellen on stage thing he did. Okay. And he kind of hung out by the door afterwards and he patted me on the back. And it was by far the best moment of my life. Nice. Did he... I assume whilst he was hanging out by the door and if people were trying to maybe like shuffle backstage, he was just like, you shall not pass. He opened the show by reading that section of Lord of the Rings. Nice. It was so cool. I love him. Anyway. Anyway, time time turner. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, the time turner is a magical device which you turn and it, much like the beloved share song, turns back time you can go one hour at a time and then every time you turn it is an extra hour and you can go up to a maximum of five hours because that's deemed like the safe amount of time that you can go back in time without really fucking shit up too much interesting it's got a lot of benefits hermione used it um in prison of azkaban to attend more classes than time would allow for because she's a fucking nerd uh however she also does use it to help save buckbeak but I think there are a few more practical uses for it. I was thinking, you know, forget to take the washing out of the washing machine that sat there for hours getting all like minging and mildewy. Time turner. Take it out. Nice and fresh. Fresh washing. Seen an amazing live set at a concert that you want to relive. Time turner it. Rewatch um, the Foo Fighters play a really small hall in Islington. Wait, the Foo Fighters played a small hall in Islington? They did. Actually, so I was at, um, I was at a Download Festival this past weekend. And I was wearing my Holy Shits t-shirt at a silent disco. And a guy came up to me out of nowhere and was telling me how he was also at the gig. He was like, yeah, it isn't in, uh, it's in it's in Town Hall. Is it, is it also the only thing you talk about? <laughs> Apparently so. I mean, he literally came from like a good 20 foot away from me to tell me. It. Nice. Uh, made a really big fuck up. Turn that bitch around. Stop yourself. Um... <laughs> Time t- I'm back on the time turner now. Back on the time turner, yeah. <laughs> Not if, the dude. If, if you don't want to talk to a guy at a silent disco, turn the fuck around. Not got rounds properly researching the podcast topic on the day of recording it. Time turner it. <laughs> so yeah, and obviously as I mentioned, you have a bit of fun with it. You can sing some share as you do it. Um, you can call your time turner Tina. But there are a few risks, right? So you could... <laughs> Tina time turner is a very good one, to be fair. You can. There is the, there is the concern that you might create an alternate timeline which is not ideal. But yeah, I just think from like a day-to-day practicality, it's a simple bit of magic. It, you know, it's it's got a lot of uses that you could get out of it. And at the same time, if your hippogriff is going to be beheaded, you can probably save him. So yeah, I mean, I think it's it's just, it's, it, it ticks all of the, all of the time you wind me boxes. So, so y- y- you can go back further than five hours. It's recommended you don't. Well, not with... So the one, at least the one that Hermione has in Prison of Azkaban is a Ministry of Magic um, approved time turner, which has been, like, had a fix on it that, it that five hours is the max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can... You, you should be able to take take it into Hogsmeade to, like, the market <laughs> and they'll uncrack it for you. <laughs> so there are other time turners which would allow you to go further. And apparently, I think it's, I can't remember, it's some kind of canon, I don't know where it happens, but apparently in the UK, there's a bunch of time turners in the Ministry of Magic, and the the vault that they're in got destroyed or something, and so because all of the time turners are constantly 
turning they've all cancelled each other out and you can't use time turners in the uk anymore you could get apparently the british government could get one on loan from another ministry of magic harry potter wikis are far too in-depth i'm just going to throw it out there there is far too much stuff on everything yeah i i've definitely fallen into (laughs) fandom wikis before and not been able to find my way out but i'm assuming that's then where willie loman got one yes i think so yeah and then he yeah Death of a Salesman reference there for you. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I, I, I do like the idea of, like, small-scale time travel. I mean, how good would it be for betting? Oh, God, yeah. Well, it, well, unfortunately, we're into American sport. So if it's only five hours you can go back, that's, <laughs> that's not going to be enough. But I like um, Galaxy Quest is similar, where they have a time thing that allows you to basically undo a single mistake. Yeah. So I think it travels you back in time, like, 13 seconds. Or, obviously, in Troll 2, where you can... How long were they able to stop time for? It's like 30 seconds or whatever. Jesus Christ. three minutes? I can't remember, but... Accidentally pissed on the table at a family event? (laughs) Time turner it. (laughs) This has turned into, like, a bad, um, like, Billy Mays thing, hasn't it? Yeah. Do you want your new (laughs) Ministry of Magic approved time turner? It it would say, it's just so many many practical uses, right? Yeah, it would work. I mean, there's, there's... I would have daily use for that. <laughs> it's uh, So I'm just going to have today where I don't do any work and yeah. then back five hours. But uh, well, I'm guessing it because it isn't like a reset. You would, still no. need to, you would still need to like sleep and stuff like that. Yeah, because that Hermione talks about getting really tired from doing it all. And then she uh, weirdly, right? So her first instinct is to do this. And then eventually she drops divination and muggle studies. It's like, Surely you just do that. That's that's the first thing you do, rather than taking extra classes. But also Muggle studies, like that. That's like a DOS subject. Well, it's especially like, it's for like, her it's... because she's she doesn't have yeah. magical parents. It's it's like when native. Uh, we had a native German speaker study German. Well, that's yeah. Yeah, it's like oh, I, did, I don't have to do anything. I fucking speak it. I'm to be gonna... fair, we studied English. Oh yeah, no, but we 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 mainly did like English literature. I know. I'm just yeah. being an arsehole. I know you are, but also, fuck you. <laughs> Make an incorrect comment about English studies at school. Time turner it. <laughs> no, I, I, I do like it. Like you said, Harry Potter was so full of... We could have just done a list of objects we would take from Harry Potter. Yeah. Quidditch would be fun. I'd like to play Quidditch. Although, I have a real issue with Quidditch, in that the game seems fairly superfluous to the golden snitch bit. Yeah. Like... At the end of the day, if you catch the golden snitch, you're gonna win. So why bother with the rest of it? I, I never I, I think the idea is it's to make Harry Potter even more important. But like yeah. could, couldn't you just have him score all the goals? You'd like, think so. Come on, man. And also in in, in a sport where there, there is like such like equipment usage it seems like you could get a really unfair advantage on it. Well, yeah, I mean when you get yeah, because he gets his firebolt, doesn't it? Yeah. Which is a lot yeah, it's not you, necessarily down to skill. No, it's an element of it, but um, you know, it's basically like you know Lewis Hamilton in a Mercedes. No, I can't. I can't. Sorry, I'm sorry, listeners. I'm. We're, I'm not going to bore you with F1. Yeah, <laughs> we'll go in 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 detail on why Quidditch as a sport doesn't make sense, but Formula One is too far. <laughs> who are the cunts who throw the, the balls? Batters, bouncers, the bludgers, bruisers, bludgers. There we go. Or bludgers with the or bludgers with the things that you hit it with. Beaters, beaters. So beaters use the bludgers, which are the balls, to disrupt okay. other players. So that's the shit I would want to do. I mean, it's it's very in keeping with with where you 
um, playing rugby. Would you go seeker, chaser? What are you thinking? Yeah, I think I, I think I'd quite like a seeker. Bit, bit of a, uh, bit of speed. Most important player on the pitch. It's our, it's our calling, man. It's our calling. I, I mean, yeah. Plus, you know, lots of dragons in Harry Potter as well. Yeah. It's where women to be. I like that you the. So you hearing Ian struggle there was because he went to really smoothly put a pen in his mouth and completely dropped it. It was quite hilarious to watch because he then had to pick it up. Uh, yes, I my fitness goal uh, this year is to not make involuntary noises when I move. <laughs> but yeah, no, time turner. Tina time turner. Ah, you know, and if you need a bit more, you know, get a few more reps in at the gym, Tina time turner it. <laughs> My second choice then. So we are we're off to New York for this specific magical object. Well, New York via ancient Egypt. So we are going for the golden tablet of Pharaoh Ankhmun-Ra. So this is obviously the golden tablet from the Knights of the uh, Knight at the Museum. I very said Knights of the Museum, which is a very different film. Um Features in the Night at the Museum series, of which there are three, and there's going to be an animated follow-up coming straight to Disney Plus soon, which I didn't realise. So we had Night at the Museum 1, then we had Battle of the Smithsonian, and Secrets of the Tomb. And to be fair, they're quite fun films. I always forget just how kind of wildly stupid they are. Yeah, I've never watched them. Yeah, I don't know why. I guess it's it's kind of like they're the the classic fun family film, right? And I'm a boring old man who lives on my own. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. So the tablet of Ankh-Men-Ra is an ancient Egyptian tablet that was made as a gift for Ankh-Men-Ra by his parents, one of which was played by Ben Kingsley. And it has the power to bring museum displays to life, which I'm assuming had some kind of relevance in ancient Egypt. I was going to say, is that like its original powers? Like, here, son, in ancient Egypt, this will bring museum things to life yeah so i the the idea was that ankhman ra's parents loved him so much they didn't want death to separate them so it's more about kind of resurrection and vitality that seems to have also able to imbue life to wax models and other things Ah, um it also can open a gate to the uh, ancient egyptian underworld and okay. unleash an army of Valken-headed warriors. I'm assuming they're Valken-headed because the Scorpion King had dibs on jackals. Fair enough. So what we're saying here is um, that it's a reach of a plot point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... um, And, and also, you know, it, it's not canon, but we'll assume the ancient Egyptians loved museums. <laughs> and because they couldn't do animatronics like the that fucking Spider-Man thing at Disney World... Which is insane. I don't get it. It, it, it's. I am worried about our place as the dominant species on the planet. Even though, to be fair, <laughs> if the last year and a half taught us anything, the dominant species on the planet are still viruses. Yeah, yeah. Um, just going really detailed and heavy there. That was very Agent Smithy. <laughs> yeah. No. Shocked, I like shocked, a- <laughs> shocked, shocked myself with that one. So <laughs> where you where you said Agent Smithy, I'd now have in place of fuck. What's his name? Elrond. Yeah, I have Smithy from Gavin and Stacey. Yeah, I had exactly the same thought. Black suit. <laughs> uh, for a while, Ankhman Ra and the tablet lived in the British Museum, but they were moved to the New York Natural History Museum instead, which is where Ben Stiller finds them all. And the tablet manages to bring to life such people as 
Theodore Roosevelt, obviously played by Robin Williams. That also led to one of my favourite A Day to Remember songs. So nice. I'm, ma- I'm made of wax, Larry. What are you made of? Excellent. Is I a, didn't realise that was a true. direct quote from Night at the Museum. Uh, Attila the Hun, a tiny Roman. An Easter Island head. Amelia Earhart. Sacagawea. The statue of Abraham Lincoln in DC. Napoleon, Al Capone, and Sir Lancelot, who, importantly, was played by Dan Stevens. I just think it would be good to own. There's a lot you can do with it. Yeah, just, just to take a step back to Ben Stiller. Did we ever find out why he is Fred Durst's favourite motherfucker? No. I don't believe we did. I, I believe that question is still pending. It's it's always it's always really bugged me. Yeah. And I just I just And as we've as I have covered on previous episodes, I'm recording this from a work laptop and I am not prepared to Google <laughs> why it's been still a Fred Durst's favourite motherfucker. I've got you covered. Thanks, you, you you carry on, I'll I'll see what I can find out. I I'll carry on. So um you know Fred Durst has directed a film? Yes. John Travolta's in it. He plays like a, a stalker obsessed with a celebrity or something. Yeah, I haven't seen it, um, but I saw the... I, I either saw a trailer or some article or some sorts on it, but yeah. Is it is it better or worse than just an iPad, though? Like, if we're talking tablets. I, I mean, sure. Uh, uh, with an iPad, you can play games, you can watch stuff, but... It can't open a portal to the underworld. And we have the latest iOS update, I don't think. Oh shit, did they bring that in? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, That explains a lot. (laughs) But it can also, so the tablet can also kind of like increase your vitality. So it made Dick Van Dyke in Night at the Museum, um, the original one, badass. I mean, he was a badass anyway, but this kind of made him a bit more limber. Which, if from the noises I made picking up a pen from the floor, is something I dramatically need. Yeah, to be fair, that's, that is quite a good shout. So, yeah, the, the reason I want the tablet, so obviously increased vitality would be great. Being able to open a doorway to some kind of uh, horrific hell realm feels like it would be a good bargaining chip, either for some kind of world domination ploy, maybe I become general of the army of falcon-headed warriors. But yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff we could do. But also, and I don't know if I've mentioned this before, I do have a history degree. So, meeting historical people, you know, it, it's my jam. There's a lot of stuff I, I, I could do with that time. So, I heard you like top three lists, Graham. So, what I'm going to do here is put a top three list in your top three list. So, I'm obviously going to talk about my top three people I would bring back from history with the tablet of Ankerman Ra. But is it bringing the actual people back or just like a, a museum exhibit of the person back? Because they're two very different things. They're two very different things, but that the, the museum exhibit has been kind of imbued with the person. So it's still bringing back their like memories and persona. Okay, their essence. Their essence, if you will. But then that brings us on to a philosophical debate, which we don't have time for today, on self and what that means. I'm fairly sure we get to covering that nearly every we've, week. <laughs> we've covered it at least, <laughs> at least a couple of times over the past few weeks. So... Who I would want to bring back with the tablet of Ankman Ra? Number one, the American screenwriter Dalton Trumbo. So Dalton Trumbo was one of the Hollywood Ten. He famously was blacklisted uh, because he had communist ties and he basically didn't work for about 20 years in the industry. The reason I would want to meet him and have a conversation with him is in final year at university, I wrote my dissertation on him and some of the other screenwriters who were blacklisted. 
I just kind of want to check if it's cool because I purposefully picked a very not not bad line of arguing, but counter line of arguing to what everybody else says. And when everybody else is saying he is like a hero of free speech, you can only imagine the shit that I decided to try and conclude with. Um, ultimately, he took like a huge moral stand at a time when people weren't doing that. I think it would just be fun to talk with him. He also wrote predominantly in the bar. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, pre like being able to write notes on a phone as well. Like that's that's a messy, messy endeavor. There's a statue that there is a statue of him somewhere, of him in the bath with a typewriter. So I like to think that's what's going to come back to life. I mean, yeah, whatever you tickles your pickle in. Good times. And on a on on that note. And related to Dalton Trumbo, because he famously wrote the movie about this guy. Number two, Spartacus. I want to bring Spartacus back. I think it would be very nice for Trumbo to meet him, given that they uh, that he wrote the, the movie about him. Nobody really knows that much about him, so it would kind of be cool to find out. Like, nobody really knows who he was before he was... Like, Spartacus isn't even his name. Well, no one knows who he is because everyone claimed to be him. Exactly. Well, I am Spartacus. I've also been re-watching the TV series, which is one of my favourite pieces of shit on TV. It is categorically awful, and I love every minute of it. If the TV show is anything to go by, Spartacus was a Welsh guy that was then recast as an Australian. <laughs> I'm assuming that's accurate. I, I imagine. Talking of insane, terrible TV shows, and I'm going to say, have you seen this? Because I know you have, because I sent you a link to it earlier. But there's a new dating show coming out on Netflix called Sexy Beast, where people dress up in like really um, hyper, not hyper realistic, but like overdone prosthetics to have like blind dates. So it's like first dates, but like first dates meets the masked singer and it looks insane. And there's a, just a bit in the trailer where there's a guy who's got like beaver prosthetics on and he says something along the lines of ass first, personality second. And it's haunted me for the entirety of the day. <laughs> yeah. Dating shows can be fucking weird. There was also like a man versus animal thing, right? Where they did... They pitted people against animals in a variety of challenges. Uh, it was that like the thing like if someone could like swim faster than a shark and all that kind of thing? Yeah, I, I'm fairly sure that is a quote from The Office, but... It is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Will there ever be a boy born who can swim faster or something like that? Spartacus as well could... There's possibly some like rugby translatable skills in there somewhere you could throw my way number three going a bit more recent with this one carrie fisher is she any any museum oh she fucking should be she's incredible she is i've read a couple of her books they're very good well that's what i yeah I, that was kind of my point like her books are incredible the one woman shows she's done that i've seen were insane and i could just listen to her talk about her life and stuff like that for years i, I just think she's in she's an incredible person and yeah so that that i mean it, it's a weird old museum dinner party of dalton trumbo spartacus and carrie fisher but i'm gonna fucking take it yeah, why not yeah so golden tablet it allows me to uh further my historical knowledge which is obviously important uh, allows me to possibly via my falcon headed warriors from the underworld maybe possibly take over the world at the very least, it's a decent bargaining chip for stuff. Also get to be friends with Rami Malek and Robin Williams. Can't say fairer than that. Fairer than that. Also, just in looking up um, uh, Ben Stiller and Fred Durst's relationship, um, 
I completely forgotten at the end of Chocolate Starfish, there's that whole bit in the hidden track where Ben Stiller just roasts Fred Durst for about five minutes. Really? Yeah. Nice. Staying with a theme of practicality, something that is, I guess, practically perfect in every way, you might say, is Mary Poppins' carpet bag, obviously from Mary Poppins. It's, you know, it's a very practical, magical item to have access to. So essentially it allows the bearer the ability to transport anything that can fit through the opening of the bag. In the film, she pulls out a hat stand, a mirror, a plant, a lamp, clothes, a magic tape measure. And actually, here's a question for you, Ian. So the magic tape measure obviously doesn't actually give you the height. It kind of gives a summation of your character as a, as a person. So my question to you is, if Mary Poppins were to hold her magic tape measure up to you, what would it say? Six foot one. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so it would call you a liar. <laughs> y- yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what does it do? What, what are my options here? Uh, so it says something for, is it Michael, the kid? I want to say it's Michael. Um, it says something about him being suspicious and something else. For the girl, it says that she's prone to giggling and doesn't put things away. And then when uh, Mary Poppins measures herself, it says that Mary Poppins is practically perfect in every way. Oh, well, there we go. Prone to giggling? I, don't know. I, I think I, I'd go uh, diamond in the rough. Diamond in the rough. I'll be a yeah. diamond in the rough. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And not six foot one. Not six foot one. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I guess the, the it's similar to a, a pick from a previous week. Mary Poppins' bag is basically like Goose, the flirking cat from captain marvel in that it has this like obviously goose has this hidden dimension inside of him that allows storage of all things basically the same with with mary poppins bag have you heard the fan theory of the bag yeah i haven't mary poppins a time lord okay what is her tardis yeah it's her tardis yeah which also then explains why she rocks up as emily blunt good shout oh yeah it's not massively far out there i mean it's wrong but it's not massively far out there out there but it's wrong <laughs> but it's not massively far out there. Yeah, but but it's wrong. But it's wrong. Okay. But it's not massively far out. Oh, <laughs> Should we stop now? Maybe that's what your your thing would say. Ian uh, goes on a bit. <laughs> Cyclical humour. Because <laughs> the 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 idea is so something stops becoming funny, and then it becomes funny again. So that's how I've been living. So I'm in the. <laughs> I'm in the 10 years now where I'm not funny. <laughs> and then after that, I mean, that's how it works, right? So you're you're basically high-waisted jeans. Like, they're, they're back in fashion now. They were in, yeah. like, the 60s. And at the moment, we're in the, we're in, like, the, the low-waisted pedal push era where you're just kind of out of style. I mean, I like to think of myself more as flares. Okay. Well, so we're, we're definitely so, waiting for them to come back in. Yeah, but they will, because Disco's not dead. It's just, it's just sleeping with its eyes closed underground disco's not dead would be a really cool like 70s themed horror movie it's got to be already a thing i don't know let's check doesn't seem to be a movie oh interesting so there we go uh, yeah that's what we're gonna do after this that's we'll we'll workshop that tomorrow that's i like it um mary poppins let's let's oh yeah let's time time turner shall we yep time Time, turner time lord mary poppins Cyclical humour, I'm not funny, flares. I could have, as I mentioned earlier, um, went to download this previous week. Could have really used Mary Poppins' bag because carrying a lot of shit from the car to the campsite is painful, it's long, 
Uh, it's heavy. I'm I'm in the process of moving. <laughs> well, so... I'm, I'm going to get onto that. I'm going to get onto that. But um, yeah, carrying all of those items would be much easier from the car. Uh, you could get more alcohol than you're allowed into the arena because, you know, it's tucked away. And, and when with Mary Poppins' bag, when anyone else who's not Mary Poppins is looking into it, it looks as if it's empty. Ooh, that, that, that sounds a lot like psychic paper from Doctor Who, Graham. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. I don't watch Doctor Who. You'd also... Just, just, just go counter to popular opinion. Uh, Matt Smith's the best Doctor. Please continue. You could also arguably, like, stay inside of it because as long as you can fit through the opening... Which I'm fairly... I think I could. I'm not massive. So you wouldn't need a tent, which is also really valuable. Especially because, as I learned on Friday, setting up a tent in the pouring fucking rain is a pain in the bloody ass. And yes, there is also the fact that both of us in the near future will be uh, needing to move shit soon. And this bag is going to save some serious cash on removal firms, storage units... You know, and just space in general, right? Like, you can tuck it all away, bring it out when needed, bish, bash, bosh, Mary Poppins is your gal. And lastly, going back to your point on um, your magical knob. Still Trav- funny. Still funny. <laughs> it is, yeah, yeah. Because it also means penis. Yeah. Travel. Remember that? Like get around all of those bloody weight restrictions, size restrictions at the airport. If you're taking a, you know, like an easy jet flight where you have to like squeeze a bag into a metal frame, you know, Mary Poppins bag's going in there and you can carry everything that you need. So, you know, getting through the airport will be a breeze. Um, packing will be easy. And yeah, there's, it's just, it's a really, it's a really, again, in the similar, in a similar sense to the time turner, a really practical everyday magical item that you could get a lot of use out of. I I, I can't stress enough how much I need this right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> our house is full of boxes. I've had to buy more. We've had to pay for a storage space. And turns out those aren't cheap, Graham. Um, your, your attic has my boxes in. It does, yeah. House has boxes in. Just every, everything is box. I mean, currently, I'm, I'm looking at Ian through the magic of the internet and i can see at least two boxes made up and then a pack of boxes ready to be made up yeah and there's also a massive one over there by the door nice and i'm what i'm assuming is a big roll of bubble wrap as well that is a big roll of bubble wrap nice is that for packing or is that just for you to sort of de-stress de-stress it's uh, <laughs> stress paper yeah uh, and then i've also got packing paper to, to mix things up a bit but yeah. everything yeah have you ever watched dave built a maze no it's a uh, Fucking mental, but it's incredible. It's about this guy called, can't remember his name, who builds a maze. But he builds it out of cardboard. Right. And his friends haven't seen him for a while, so they, they come into his house and there's like boxes taped together. But then when they go into the boxes, it's huge. So all the sets are built out of cardboard boxes. Okay. It's fucking bizarre. Um, it's the kind of film where you will watch the trailer and already decide it's one of your favourite films. It sounds kind of like... Um... Like what? Like the extent of like the the blanket and pillow forts and community, like that scale. Very, of... very similar, but as like a uh, horror film. I'm very intrigued now. I'm I'm kind of watching a soundless trailer. Yeah. Sorry, D- D- Dave great. made a maze. Dave made a maze. Yeah. So yeah. So many uses. Extremely practical. We can find out exactly what Mary Poppins tape measure would say about us, and 
yeah, just make make the next. Uh, well, well, annoyingly, the time turner wouldn't take me back to pre-download where I could utilize this because it would only take me back five hours. Yeah. But it would come in handy for for the future. It might uh, it might take uh, take us back to before I ask this relatively bleak question: Would we have to kill Mary Poppins? <laughs> like, how, how how does this work? We, like, how we do we take a... how do we take possession of the bag? Are we having do we, another? Do we, do we have to beat her in a duel? Do we? You know, is this going to be like a Hamilton thing? Are we, are we, I feel like we're going down the um, ki- killing zombie Paddington route again. Well, I, I'm just saying, like, do, do we buy it offer? Um, do we ask nicely? Do we? Like, how, uh, do do you think there's like a? I think a, man, a shop man... somewhere that sells them. Manners go a long way with Mary. I think. Ah, oh, well, manners do maketh the man. Yeah, so I think, um, I think maybe we just ask. I think she'd be all right with it. Ask, all right, cool. Yeah, she she seems she seems pretty um, she's pretty cool. We'll get my army of falcon-headed warriors on it. Yeah, w- worst comes to worst, obviously. And then if well, she yeah, worst comes to worst, but yeah. I think I think she'll be all right. And then just before Mary Poppins's death rattle, which uh, add that to the band name list, uh, if she says you guys should have just asked, time Turner. Oh, I'll just be like, "Hey, hey, Mary, can we can we get the bag?" And then she'll say, "Hey, you'll need to tear this out of my cold dead hands with some falcon-headed warriors." We're like, "Boom! See, it is a lose lose." But yeah, okay. So just just curiously, I don't, I don't know what's happening. I'm not. Okay. You're, but you're <laughs> you're you're suggesting we go down the route of setting an army of warriors on Mary Poppins. Uh, da, 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 and... da, falcon-headed <laughs> warriors. Okay, falcon-headed warriors Thank on Mary you. Poppins. Prior. And then, like, undoing it, rather than the first step being, can we have it? And then following up with the warriors. Well, it's a morale thing. Genghis Khan learned it. If you don't use the falcon-headed warriors for things, they get a bit tired and antsy, and that's then when you lose your army. I mean, come on. Okay. It's, it's like it's like you've never ruled over an army from the Egyptian underworld before. Not not recently, unfortunately. It's been yeah. a while. I'm out it's... of practice. That's what the pandemic will do to you. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it, it was tough for them. Very tough for them, pandemic. But we're coming out of it now, so world domination is just around the corner. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's something to look forward to when July the 19th hits. Exactly. I mean, but also, Mary Poppins will just regenerate anyway. Yeah, yeah, as Matt Smith. My final choice, then. So this is an object that has existed for millennia. Though its origins are relatively unknown. And by relatively unknown, I mean completely unknown. We don't know where the fuck it came from. But it's also one of the most powerful objects in the universe. So, the only person who can enter where this object is kept... Have you seen what I've done yet, Greg? No. The only person who can enter the the Cave of Wonders where this object is kept is a diamond in the rough. And... As as ascertained uh, by me from Mary Poppins' tape measure, that is me. So that means I am going to be able to uh, use my uh, my wiles and wits to get my hands on the genie's lamp from Aladdin. And we are going for the 1992 animated Aladdin, so not Will Smith. We're okay. I was going to say, but you're 100% doing that because you knew that if it was Will Smith that this was going nowhere. 100%. And also, <laughs> two of my three choices now involve me becoming friends with Robin Williams. <laughs> and I think that, that says a lot about me. So the cave uh, the cave is protected by a sand guardian, which is in the shape of a tiger's head. Yeah. Maybe we set the falcon-headed warriors on them, but we'll come on to that. Probably never. And this is just to kind of keep people out. So we would go in, we would get the lamp, we would use the lamp, 
we would get the genie. So it's just, I mean, it is a great fucking film, isn't it? Oh, it's it's very good. Like, I, I'm particularly fond of Gilbert Gottfried in it. Have you heard him read Fifty Shades of Grey? Yeah, that was fucking odd. <laughs> but the, the genie's lamp is one of, I think, the most powerful magical objects I could think of. And that's primarily because it houses the genie. So there are a number of kind of rules around this because obviously our mate the genie is going to grant us three wishes. So the rules, he he's not going to kill anyone. He can't make someone fall in love. He can't bring people back from the dead. And you can't wish for more wishes. Can you wish for more genies? You could wish for more genies. That is kind of a loophole people have said, but I think it might be, you know, he might kind of see what you're doing there. So genies are kind of interesting. So they're, uh, they're a, a supernatural creature uh, in Islamic mythology. They're supposed to neither be innately evil or good. And yeah, they're just kind of a, a very kind of fascinating myth they also run dream restaurants as well but yeah no genies they are they act as waiters yep they uh have appeared as villains so have you watched wishmaster no i keep getting recommended it though yeah so it's uh i mean it's it's shit but (laughs) it's that kind of it was when they were looking for things to be villains in slasher films um i i think it features uh so guy plays uh tony todd who plays Candyman. Is in it as a cameo. Robert England is in it. Uh, Kane Hodder is in it. Like it's isn't, managed to throw in a lot of like horror icons. Isn't there like a shitload of sequels as well as with any? Like, so there's um, four of them. Evil never dies. So one's like the prophecy fulfilled. Beyond the gates of hell, and yeah, the prophecy fulfilled. You also have genies in so Supernatural, where they basically they force you to enter a dream world where your greatest wish has been granted. Uh, X Files has genies. Buffy has genies. Fairly Odd Parents, DuckTales. Shaq played a rapping genie in a film called Kazam. Yep. Which I've never seen, but I'm going to assume it's going to be on a good, bad movie vote at some point. I hope so. So genies in a lot of kind of pop culture are renowned for basically being cunts. So they will do the hilarious thing where they twist your wish. Yeah. So you wish for... I wish for... uh, all, all the money in the world, which then devalues all the money in the world, so you basically don't have anything. That kind of shit. Um, the genie in Aladdin doesn't seem to do that. You need to be clear, but he doesn't seem to be a prick about it. So I think that's kind of working in our favour. Yep. So, haven't named this bit of the section, but it's time for another mini top three, Graham. Nice. So, obviously, you know, my top three genies. No, so the, the wishes. What wishes I would want from my new pal, the genie. So... Number one, because I'm all types of selfless, let's address this COVID thing. <laughs> uh, I, I don't feel like there is another choice for a first wish, really. I think we just need to, let's just draw a line under all of this now, cure everyone who's got it, and, and then we're good. Yeah, back to normality. Back to normality, back to full capacity download, back to long, shitty flights. You know, everything everything we dreamed of. Rugby seasons, gigs, full cinemas. Ah, oh, I would want a, a brief, a minor caveat that table service continues. Yeah, I agree. It, it, because fuck me, I've liked that. Yeah, not having to queue at a bar. It's a thing of beauty. Yeah, it really is. My second wish, 
it's it's a tough one. Right now, I think I want a house. <laughs> big, obviously big. We want big, kind of a bit of character to it. Uh, the right level of fixer up. So you've got a bit of a project with it. Not asking for a lot, preferably zone one and a castle. Resale value would be good. Because I, I, I don't want to be a prick who just asks for money. You know, like a lazy birthday. Yeah, I don't know, but you do get... There's the versatility that comes with money, right? There is the versatility that comes with money, but also you're, you're underestimating the versatility, versatile, versatility that comes with a castle. With a lot of things you can do. Yeah, bit of Mott and Bailey going on. Um, but yeah, no, I, 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 think, I think I'd like a house. Decent yeah. big house. Not, too, not, not comically big, like I don't want wings or anything. Ooh, I could have wings. Why would you put wings on a house? It's not a plane, Ian. Well, it can be. <laughs> There's the... I could do what I want. But yeah, second wish, decent house. I'm a very boring yeah. man. Third wish, freedom for the genie. Going straight Aladdin with this. Freedom for the genie. He becomes my magical friend. I get a spin-off TV series and two sequels. So he, when he's freed from his lamp, his powers do get downgraded. So he now only possesses semi-phenomenal, nearly cosmic powers. But still a lot of kind of wish giving and magic he's able to provide. So, you know, I got my house. Now the genie's able to kind of, as a friend, just kind of give me more shit. You know, chuck in the Impala in the driveway, fill the moat with beer. Seems like a waste of beer. It's going to get all muddy and you don't want to drink muddy beer. Well, yeah, but he's a genie. We'll make it just drinkable all the time. It'll be like the fucking Willy Wonka bollocks. No one walked into his, like, magical fantastical chocolate pit and go oh you know what that chocolate river is probably not very hygienic well do you know went, what that's, that's a fucking chocolate river mate let's that's get in it all i could think of during that scene is what? like you're walking over the grass and you're eating it the the that's you know that everyone's dipping their hand in the chocolate like this is never gonna get past the food standards agency yeah. i don't care about the kids that he's clearly murdered <laughs> this is unhygienic and also you can't blame yeah, just to go back, you can't blame Augustus Gloom. If you put a chocolate river in front of a bunch of kids, like you know what's going to happen. Oh God, yeah. If you put a chocolate river in front of me, <laughs> I, you, you, I, I feel like I would go to run for it, and you would. I, I like, I like it. This um, either we both want a golden ticket, or I've chosen to take you over anyone else. <laughs> but I like to feel like I would run towards the river, and you just kind of like put your like like you do when you try and stop people running into traffic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like no, it's unhygienic, Ian. And I think he's just killed that boy. Yeah, you're you're gonna get some kind of. <laughs> you've just got rid of coronavirus, Ian. We don't need to see what comes out of the chocolate <laughs> river. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I just think it would be great. It's it's. I would say endless potential, but it's not really. You get three wishes. But the, the genie is an interesting one because I think he's he's so kind of universally loved that I still think he's kind of underappreciated as a character. Like, the sheer level of how iconic that character is. It's... And if anything, it's been proven it could only be Robin Williams. Yeah, it still irks me. Apparently, whoever the... Or at least the person that was playing him for the longest time in the uh, the West End was apparently very good. He went on to do Hamilton. And... Oh, really? I, I haven't seen... I, I had no desire to see... I'm not, I'm not a big fan of, like... And I think we, we even said this the other day, like, Everything in the West End seems to be like a derivative of a film or something, and I'm not. Yeah, I I get some of them they can work it, but it feels like it's being overdone a bit. Yeah, especially when it it's. I like the 
movie sorry I, I i like musicals when they're based on so like heathers because it's a completely different property as a musical because heathers the film wasn't a musical well it's the same as waitress right waitress yeah, uh, mean girls yeah like the mean girls musicals fucking amazing but i i always find it a bit weird when you take a musical film and it, it just feels a bit lazy like they're doing greater showman and they're dumb moulin rouge and it, it's like i i get their shows but i would prefer something else yeah i, I but also i'm a i'm a grumpy bastard so you know you don't have to agree with anything i say but yeah the 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 I, I had no real interest in watching Aladdin, but the genie stuff is incredible. He was I can't let me find the guy's name because obviously what what he has only ever wanted was a shout out on our podcast. James Monroe Iglehart. So he was the genie on in Broadway, and then I think he came over and did. Um, oh no, he didn't come over. He just did it on Broadway. So he was the genie on Broadway for like six years. Has it been out that long? Jesus. Yeah, Christ. yeah. So it, it it was out in Broadway, um, 2011. Sorry, no, it was pre-Broadway 2011. It was Broadway 2014 to 2017, and then from 2017 he was uh, Thomas Jefferson and Lafayette in Hamilton. Nice. And he's very, very good. So the guy you're thinking of was. Just West End. Yeah, I all I've heard of like I've a bunch of people I know have seen Aladdin, and the only kind of they were like, yeah, it was okay, but the guy that played the genie was really good. So it was West End from 2016. Yeah, it sounds about right. And ah, uh, yeah. So in in uh, the West End, it was Trevor Dion Nicholas, who was also fucking amazing. There you go. But yeah, they're both great. There's a great YouTube video where I think you have like the five five people who've played the genies all do a song together. Oh, cool. Because he also does a Disney medley in it. And I love a good medley, me. Uh, so, yeah. So Also, talking of, I, I saw, weirdly, with this is like the third or fourth time we've referenced Child and Chocolate Factory today. I saw the Child and Chocolate Factory musical. That was shit. Like, talk, like they didn't have, they didn't have, like, the songs. I know, I know Child and Chocolate Factory is not a musical, the film, but, like, there's a couple of iconic songs in it. And they just not in the musical stage show. Yeah. And it was just... Like they did a cool bit at the end with the great glass elevator flew across the room, but like the songs and everything were just pants. So anyway, but yeah, I want, I want, um, I want a magic blue Robin Williams to be my best friend. <laughs> that made me sound really lonely, but yeah, it, it did look Gen- Genie's lamp, one of the most powerful objects in the universe. It could grant you pretty much anything you wanted, uh, and he becomes my friend because I selflessly free him with no ulterior motives. To also then later use his power. Yeah, I wonder if that might count against you because you're te- technically not being selfless. No, because I'm going to do the whole like Chandler Joey friends thing. So, you know, I free the genie and he goes to leave and I'll be like, oh, let me show you around my castle and beer moat first. Like, All right, so that's that's a tiny rebel out in the moat. This is this is our bedroom, you know, like it's all this castle shit. And then, oh, what's this room? Oh, that. That's your room, genie. That's your Big, big Kazam poster up above the bed. Other photos of other genies. It'll be everything he ever wanted. <laughs> and possibly more. You're very, you're, you're very manipulative, Ian. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> Remember when I made you think this podcast was your idea? <laughs> <laughs> very well, that's what the tape measure would say. Like, genies don't trust him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My final choice. So, obviously... 
with my first two choices, I've gone down the route of yeah, kind of day to day, really practical items that you could use and that would be quite handy around the house, you know, for day to day activities. And I thought I'd keep that theme going with my third option, which is obviously the Necronomicon uh, from Evil Dead. <laughs> Everyone loves a good uh, coffee book. <laughs> so the Necronomicon Ex Mortis, also known as the Book of the Dead, and Nat. Naturum de Monto is obviously the book in the Evil Dead franchise, which kind of kicks off all of the um, the evil deadness of, <laughs> of proceedings when it's when it's read from. Um, it's a book that's bound in human flesh, and amongst another a, a, a lot of uses, some of the key ones is that it, you can harness the Kandarian demon's abilities, control both the dead and the deadites. Oh, good, yeah. As well as summon the Kandarian demon itself, which you know you need. It's a fun fact. I remember seeing fun, fun fact about Candarian demons. I um I have very vivid memories of being in HMV way before I'd ever seen any of the Evil Dead films, and you could get a special edition of I think it was Evil Dead One, Evil Dead Two, in a like fleshy Necronomicon special edition like DVD case. Nice. And it just stuck out. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. It stuck out because obviously it nothing else looks like it. And I just remember being really creeped out by it and not really knowing what Evil Dead was. But I'm forever gutted that I never bought it because A, Evil Dead is, an, well, it's particularly Evil Dead 2 is one of my favourite films of all time. Yep. And B, if you look for it now, it goes for like £90 plus on eBay. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of annoyed that I... Uh, teen- I don't even know if it was a teenager. It may have even been pre-teenage me. Never never bought it. But as I mentioned, it's got a couple of, of uses that are sort of at the top there. There's a whole lot more contained within the Necro- Necronomicon. So Some amusing limericks. <laughs> as I mentioned, Awaken the Kandarian Demon. It can also open a rift in space-time, so you can travel anywhere you want and at any time you want just by thinking about that place. Although some say that the book chooses it for you, so... It could be a little bit dicey, depending on if it, you know, if it is where you want to go, then we're kind of, you know, your bed, it's taking bed knobs and broomsticks to the next level because you can go to time as well as the place. But if it chooses it for you, then it's like, I guess it's like if you did one of those, um, like secret hotels on lastminute.com. <laughs> yeah. So you could end up at that one that was in the Netflix documentary. I uh, forget the name of it. The one uh, like in Skid Row. Oh, the, 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 the murder hotel. Thing. Yeah, the murder yeah. hotel with the with the woman in the lift. So yeah, maybe not. Did you watch that documentary? Did you Did you see it? Uh, I didn't. Everyone talked about it, but I didn't. So there was a bit in it that so they there's they're talking to this. I think they're a British couple who were staying in the same hotel at the same time. All of the weird stuff was happening, and it's like these people had never like gone on holiday before because they spent all this money going to LA, and then they booked into this hotel. Which, if you gave it, like, five minutes of research, you would realise it's in the middle of Skid Row. There are, like, there's crime everywhere. There's a very, very high population of homeless people around. There's a lot of drugs and everything. And they basically didn't discover any of this until they booked in and then went out to get coffee um, on their first day. Like, oh, this place is a bit sketchy. (laughs) So, yeah. Open roof in space time. There are some funerary incantations to help the dead move on to a, to another plane, which you know I think is always nice. That is that is the opposite of what I thought the Necronomicon did. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess like it, you get to a point right, like okay, 
yes, I'll raise an army of deadites, but ultimately, you know, after they've served yeah. their purpose, I'd like to move them. There's, on. there's the fringe benefits of being in your undead army. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's. Oh, we um, both we both have our underworld armies now. We do. Yeah, we could go oh, to nice. war. It contains prophecies and visions of the future, so that's it's always handy to know what's coming. You can flip to the prophecy section. Um, uh, it has a... Are any of the, these uh, visions in blue? Yes, they are. Maybe that's maybe that's what it was a reference to. That with the genie. May, I mean, it's just there's so many levels to this. Uh, now, bear with me here. Uh, genie apocalypse. Yeah, I'd watch that. Yeah, we'll write that after Disco's not dead. Okay. It also contains a guide to demons, so it explains who they are, what they do, and how to summon them. Which Kant Kantar the Destroyer loves long walks in the park. <laughs> <laughs> there's some resurrection spells in there obviously so you can bring the dead back to life as, as zombies obviously if if you were to be felled ian i would i would bring you back and put you in my shed appreciate it man there are some instructions for potion brewing in there um it has the ability to rewrite history it can speak so if you're ever feeling lonely you have a chat with the book it might be a little bit harrowing but you know why not and it can also absorb creatures and transport them. So I think it must be in the TV series, but a, uh, a scorpion walks across the book, goes into the page of the book, and then reopens, and it and it's it's there. It's basically the Swiss Army knife of demonic books. So what more could you ask for? Got my army of deadites. I've got the original as well. So like if the if the like if the HMV special edition. DVD box goes for 90 quid. I mean, how much is the original Necronomicon going for? Like, you're going to get a, it's, it's a hefty at, price. At, le- at least 110. At least. At least 110. I fucking love The Evil Dead. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I, I, it's such a weird trilogy that doesn't particularly work as a trilogy because they kept like, because 2 is a sequel and remake and reboot. Yeah, Evil Dead 2 is basically Evil Dead 1, but with a bit more budget. And then the third follows from Evil Dead 2 in spirit, but not directly. Yep. TV amazing. series. I, from what I, so I've only seen season one of the series, but from what I've seen, it's amazing. Yeah. And then obviously uh, the remake. By that, I mean, I just think I like Bruce Campbell. I can't unbiasedly talk about Bruce Campbell. And obviously the remake was very, like, as horror remakes go. Oh, yeah, yeah, was, yeah. was one of the best. And as we mentioned on a previous episode, it's, it features one of the top tongues in horror. Oh, yeah. And the most fake blood. Yes. Ah. Fucking Bruce Campbell, man. I do love him. Have you watched My Name is Bruce? No, I haven't. I've heard it's meant to be quite good, though. It's Bruce Campbell's... Oh, unbearable um, Weight of Massive Talent. Yeah, yeah. It's Bruce Campbell's Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. And Bubba Hotep, which I've talked about before, which is an aging Elvis fighting a mummy. Yeah. And I guess and there's a few of them we've got, isn't it? Because like um JCVD is kind of like John Claude Van Damme's version. That was surprisingly brilliant. So set in a alternate universe where he's not successful. Yeah. Yeah. That was weird. Yeah, there's a lot of these like yeah, self aware, self referential films. I sent another list. <laughs> but yeah, I dunno, I just just want to fuck with demons, I think, Ian. Nice. And as I say, you know, again, another 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 magical item with day to day practical uses. Are you, are you gonna go? Are you gonna go for like a signed copy? Signed by the Candarian demon himself. Yeah, yeah. Just add, add a bit more value to it. Yeah, I would say so. I'll try and get Bruce Campbell to sign it as well. Might have a little bit of trouble holding a pen with his uh, chainsaw. That's that's our choices then. So uh, out of your your three, yeah. 
What's your top three? What are you feeling? Um, oh, as much as I want an army of evil deadites, I'm probably going to put the Necronomicon in third, just because there's the slight chance that all of the demons summoning summoning could backfire. Second place, I'm going to put the Time Turner. I think it's extremely valuable day to day, and there's a lot of things I'd like to use it for. However. Just, I guess, based on present circumstances. And I'm thinking, not just for me here, Ian, but for you as well. Mary Poppins' carpet bag is, is going to just do us a world of favours over the, over the coming months. Just car- carrying all our shit around. I can't stress how much money that would save me. <laughs> Storage fees. Wouldn't have to rent a van. No. Nope. Everything, I, yeah, wouldn't need bubble wrap. Because everything is kind of, I'm assuming, kept in one piece. That would be a disappointing magical bag. Well, I'm pretty sure it is because they are like they each come out on their like when she yeah. goes. It's not like she's there's a jumble of stuff in there. It's like yeah, exactly. oh, I I need the lamp. The lamp comes this out. Glass is broken. Yeah, yeah, not ideal. So my my top three. So coming in at three is the my this is my fourth top three of the episode. So coming in at three is the golden tablet of the Pharaoh Ankhman Ra from uh, Night of the Museum. It's great. I, you know, we'd get to meet some interesting people off the back of it. I would get my underworld army of falcon-headed warriors, but, but yeah, I, I for, for me the other two top it. It is more about the other two being better than a particular comment on the golden tablet. Uh, number two, the bed knob. Easy, cheap travel from the comfort of your own bed, which being put number one, the most powerful item in existence, the genie's lamp. Uh, my top three, top three lists this episode. I think number three, uh, probably similar, uh, historical people. Um, I could see you weren't as interested in that as I was. Number two, I'm going to go for the wish because I did kind of struggle to get a good good second one in there. So the number one, obviously, locations I'd want to travel. Nice. And our combined top three list of magical objects we would want to own. What what are you feeling? How are you feeling? What are you feeling? How are you feeling? I mean, the genie's... Well, it's not the genie, is it? Because the genie's not an object. You can't objectify genies, Ian. I mean, oh, no, not, no. I'm not, I'm not, not hey, hey. Podcast. I never said it, man. I said genie's lamp. <laughs> but by, by having the genie's lamp, you control the genie. Yeah, which does feel a little bit, you know. Yeah, but also, third wish I'm throwing him. So, you know. But yeah, I think, Selfless, um, mate. It's, uh, selfless to a degree, but with, with, uh, with cruel intentions. Um, Social intentions. So basically, our decision here is whether we go for something that would cure and stop a global pandemic or something that makes moving more convenient for us. <laughs> and you know what, Graham? It's a tougher decision than I'd like it to be. Yeah, it probably shouldn't be as, as close, should it? However, speaking as, as someone who had a glimpse into the, um, the world without COVID at, um, at download this weekend, I think we, we, need, we need the world without COVID. So I would I would say that yeah we we go uh, genie lamp at number one Mary Poppins bag at number two because it's just it solves so many logistical issues that we would we would face and number three um, is tra- traveling through space or traveling through time yeah which is a tricky one so I think for me the time turner pips it because I can travel through space yes there's it's not as convenient as sitting in bed and twisting my knob. <laughs> but um, I, c- 
can't travel through time. That, that's true. The alternative is all the free travel you want and just don't make mistakes. Yeah, I, I don't trust myself enough to not make mistakes here. Well, we're, we're mid... <laughs> We're you mid, edit my uh, podcast. Yeah. You edit the podcast. You know that that's that's true. We're also mid uh, rookie NFL draft, and I've already seen you've made a couple today. <laughs> yeah, I, I accidentally <laughs> took a player that I didn't want. So yeah, I, I I don't think I can be trusted not to make mistakes. Uh, yeah, that's 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 it's a total. Uh, I I th- I think I've got like I I love traveling. I I love exploring and seeing new places, and now it also has like a nostalgic thing on it as well. Which is so depressing. <laughs> right? It's like, hey, do, do you remember traveling? Isn't that great? I mean, I do like, I, I, I like long-haul flights sometimes because it is one of the few times you can guilt-free just watch films. I, I absolutely love it. Like, a lot of people hate long-haul flights, but the idea of watching, like, four to five films back-to-back yeah. just is, I just love it. And also, it's one of the few times where I, I, I never pay for, like, in-flight wi-fi and stuff so it's one of the few times i properly switch off as well yeah do you also measure you i'm assuming you measure flights and films as well oh yeah absolutely so because i think from here to la i think was six yeah uh from sydney to dubai is a season of vikings oh damn (laughs) yeah because i really confused the guy who was sitting next to me because he fell asleep for hours but when he woke up i was watching the same thing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I, I think that basically like immediately forced jet lag on him because he had no idea how long he'd been sleeping for or what the time was. Uh, there's a pro- that that level of confusion when you're coming out of like a jet lag like nap or something is is something to behold. Well, I guess I mean I mean without international travel, I wouldn't have my uh, getting emotional at chef story. This is also very true, yeah. And we True. may never have eaten the Cubanos the other week, which we absolutely had to do because they were delicious. Also, the place we're going for lunch tomorrow has Cubanos. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a tough one. Tough one. But yeah, no, I, I think you're I think you're right. I do make a lot of mistakes. And <laughs> a, a, a lot of errors. A lot of uh you know, because turns out, Graham, recall email does not work. Oh no, it's terrible, no, isn't it? It's the biggest it is humanity's biggest lie so best best recall email story i have was not me but it was a colleague and they were sending out a marketing email to a good i want to say ten thousand contacts they typoed discounts as disco cunts nice (laughs) nice never got quite disco cunts uh i know someone who uh attached to the wrong uh the wrong file to an email so he was sending an email to someone basically saying like look really sorry about what's happened uh i've attached i, I can't remember if it was like a guide on how to fix it right and instead of the guide he put a picture of ted from the movie ted shrugging his shoulders so he basically <laughs> sent an email to a guy that says, sorry, this has happened. Check the attachment for the solution. And there's a picture of someone shrugging. It's just like, wow, this, this makes you look like a colossal bastard. And I'm so happy this has happened to someone who wasn't me. That's excellent. It could only be topped by the Alan Partridge uh, gif, like the shrugging gif. Yeah, exa- exactly. Exactly. But he noticed almost, he did that horrific thing where you notice, like when you've pressed send, yeah, but you can't. Like, oh, do oh, yeah. Like, so he just noticed too late. It's like, oh shit, this yeah. is amazing. 
So that happens to me a lot when I'm playing chess, actually, which is a really ridiculously wanky thing to say. But I've yeah. had so many times where I've made a move, selected it, and they go, ah, fuck, I balls that up. Uh, well, you opened this podcast with masturbation, and we are ending it with porn. So, <laughs> nicely done. The podcast nobody asked for was top three magical objects we want to own. Number three, we're coming in with the Time Turner from Harry Potter. Number two, we have Mary Poppins's bag from Mary Poppins. And number one, we have the Genie's Lamp from Aladdin. Specifically the animated one, because Graham isn't having anything to do with Will Smith. If you agreed with our choices, if you are Visions in Blue and you had a di- different idea of what our top three should be, you can reach out to us on Instagram at the podcast nobody asked for, and you can also find us over at Kofi at the podcast nobody asked for, where you can buy us a coffee. And all of that money goes towards feeding our underworld soldiers and making the podcast bigger and better. And that's the priority order because we we do prioritize food over over a bigger and better podcast. They're hungry lads, yeah. mate. They're hungry lads. Especially the deadites, actually. You know, they 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 just they they're ins- insatiable hunger. If you'd perhaps you know got inspired by all this talk of time turnering and want just to let us know some of the terrible terrible mistakes you've made where a time turner would have come in really handy tell us about them on twitter at nobody asked for pod with the number four you can also find us at the same place on facebook and well as we have proven today uh, we want you to leave us a review on apple podcast and in your review put any ideas you have for future episodes and we'll make sure we do uh, all the ones we like so yeah magic bro that, again, as we're both packing, downside is this means we now have more stuff. But I think it's going to make packing a lot easier. I, absolutely. I mean, even the genie can go inside the bag, right? Well, yeah, and the time turner should allow us to pack it yeah. quicker because we can get multiple copies of ourselves doing all the shit. Yeah, we just need to make sure we avoid each other to not, you know, yeah. startle, startle ourselves. Yeah, true. But also, that's, that, that's just about... It means we'll be able to get it all done in like an hour real time but because we're constantly going back it's still going to be a fair couple of hours because that's you know it depends how you how you view time is it a line is it like it's a circle bro it's a circle bro it's kind of like a pringle isn't it it's a pringle that's the universe well universe time i mean they're one and the same here stardust bro stardust 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 in the wind for this.